you will please turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, and if you need to borrow the, or use the Bibles and the chairs in front of you, on page 911, you'll find, don't call 911, just turn there. I don't know, you might want to after the sermon. Um, we're beginning a new sermon series today, leading up to our celebration in May, our fifth anniversary as a church as a particularized church, and so we're going to be drilling down on this passage in Acts chapter 2 in the coming weeks leading up to our celebration in May. Acts 2, 42 through 47 is is what we'll be looking at every week and drilling in on our our, our vision and our values, which, by the way, are printed for you on our our bulletin each week, Our, our vision statement here along with what we value, and so we'll be talking a lot about those, and it'll all culminate uh, on that weekend in May when we have uh, Randy Pope here, who's been a great friend and mentor to me, uh, who took a, a church with a few people in his living room 40 years ago to, you know, a five or 6,000 member church now uh, that loves Jesus and is growing in Christ. And so I'm thankful that he will come and, and help us uh, celebrate and, and teach us. And so we'll let the apostles be our teachers this morning uh, through God's holy word in Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read verses uh, 42 through 47. Verse 42, though, will be our our verse of study. This is God's holy word to us. And they, and they being the early church here, some 3,000 gathered after uh, the, the Spirit had moved, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple court together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word that is written for us here and our own language that we can understand and see clearly what you have called us to be, what you have called us to do, your will made clear through your holy word. And so, Lord, teach us now, lay up this truth upon our hearts and change us. We pray this in Christ's name, amen. My father-in-law tells a funny story that I, uh, about the uh, about the story that I'm going to tell here in a moment that I think describes the, the church today. Uh, he said, I can't give him credit. He read this in a book, but I'm going to give him credit. The story goes as a, a Navy ship was out patrolling in the, the vast oceans that came upon a deserted island. And on this deserted island, they found a man who had been there for years by himself. And he was glad to see these uh, Navy sailors arrive to rescue this castaway. And as they were beginning to help him gather what little things he had and make his way back home to where he was stranded from, one of the sailors asked him, Sir, we noticed that you had uh, three huts here on this island, but 
but you're, you're all alone. What are these three hot huts for? And he said, oh, well, that, that hut over there, that's, that's the hut that I live in. That's where I sleep, and that's, that's my home. Oh, okay, well, what about that? Oh, that's my, that's my church. That's where I worship the, the Lord God. Well, what about that other hut down there on the end of the island? Oh, well, that's where I used to go to church. So, <laughs> this funny story, <laughs> in some ways, is true of, of, a, of a low view we can have of the local church, especially America, where we have a church on every corner, where we can choose a church like we can our favorite fast food restaurant. Perhaps we have a, a low view of the church and we can become disenchanted with the church because we don't really understand what the church is supposed to be, what the church is for. In other words, we don't have a clear vision of who the church even is. is. Today, more than ever, it's important for us to understand and to believe that the church, that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, especially I want you to be thinking about the local church this morning, we are the called out ones of God. That's what the church is, the ecclesia, the, the called out ones, the ones that belong to God. And the church, in the local church, it's the Lord's church. The church is Jesus' idea. He is the king and head over his church. And he is the one that sets the purpose and the mission for the church. The church is his. The church belongs to Jesus. And to carry out this vision and mission that the Lord Jesus has, has set for his church to make disciples and to spread the good news of the kingdom of God, we read in the New Testament and we see the story played out here in the book of Acts that Jesus selected 12 men who are called apostles to be the ones to build his church so in the New Testament, the, the local church was to be this new community that had purpose and vision and mission to do the work that Jesus had called them to do on this earth. And this work continues even to this day through the Holy Spirit whom he has given to the people of the church to carry out his mission and vision. And we see where Jesus told Peter, one of the closest apostles to him, you know, Peter, who messed up a lot, but whom the Lord Jesus used greatly. He said to him, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. This incredible statement that Jesus was going to send these men to be the ones to carry forward the vision and mission of his church, even today. And so in the book of Acts, we, ha we find the beginnings of this wonderful institution called the local church, founded by the Lord Jesus Christ and built by his apostles. And here in Acts 2.42 specifically, we find a vision for the local church, what the local church is supposed to be about and what the fruit that can be born out of following this vision and mission for the local church in the following verses after verse 42. And it is verse 42 that Cornerstone chosen to be its vision, its mission statement, 
what we feel that God is calling us to do. We, we nuanced it a bit. We said, you see on the front of your bulletin, we say we're a community of believers. We're a community here. We're a family. And we want to be devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. This is our shared vision. This is what we want to rally around as a people of God, what we feel that he has called us to pursue. This is, this is what we want to strive to be as a church body. I can remember early on when I was called to be the pastor of this church a little over four years ago that several folks asked me, so what do you think we ought to change our, our, our mission statement to? What do you think our new vision statement ought to be? And I said, I'm not changing that. It's, it's in the Bible. You know, we're going to keep that. That's good. That's what I believe. I believe this statement captures very succinctly, very biblically, who the church is and what Jesus has called his church to be, a faithful church centered on the, the vision and mission, the kingdom work that Christ has called us to. And so this vision and this mission is all centered around this one word that we find in Acts 42, 2.42. It's this word devoted, devoted. They, the, the early disciples, the early church here, they were devoted to something. They were, they were faithful to some, something. What does it mean to be devoted? It means to be committed. It means to have, have a purpose. It means to, to be faithful to something. Actually, if we were looking at this in the Greek, you would see this was, this was two words here. The idea is here they were continually committed to this thing. There was this ongoing commitment to, to, uh, to adhering to, to giving oneself, to persevering in these things. That's what's going on there in verse 42. But what exactly were they devoted to is what we're going to study this morning. But before we get into that, I want to just ask you that, just by way of personal application. What are you devoted to? What are you passionate about? What, what do you give yourself to, your, your life to? What are the things that you're most passionate about? How about this? One day when someone writes your obituary, friends or family members, what are they going to write? What are going to be the things that they say that you were passionate about? Is it going to be your cats or your plants or your seashells? Or is there going to be something kingdom-minded there? Something that you were so passionate about and devoted to that this is what you were known for. And so it's a question we all need to ask. What are we, what are we devoted to? Will there be anything kingdom-minded written in our obituary? Were are we a faithful follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? It's a good personal application that we all need to ask ourselves really daily. But let's talk about Cornerstone here for a moment. Let's talk about the local church. What are we devoted to? What are we even supposed to be devoted to? When you think of Cornerstone Presbyterian Church, what do you, what do you think of? When folks in the city of Huntsville think about Cornerstone Presbyterian Church, what do they think of? What, is, what are we devoted to? What are we passionate about? Well, I know what I want us to be devoted to. I know what I want us other folks in the community to think about us. I know what I want our Lord Jesus to be proud of when he thinks of his church, Cornerstone Presbyterian Church. And that is that we are devoted 
that we are faithful to his mission and his kingdom work for his church. And that brings us again to Acts 2.42. We find a, a model church here. Not a perfect church. You only have to read one or two more chapters ahead to see they were not perfect. They did not have it all together. Yet there was a model here to follow. There was an example to follow. Uh, This church was devoted. They were faithful to the things that Jesus had called his church to be faithful to. And so we have the marks of a healthy church in this passage. The things that we are to be devoted to, to be faithful, Christ-centered followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. There, There are certainly many marks of the church that we can find in the scriptures, but this morning I want us to look at just three big ones here. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ has called his church to be a learning church. That's the first thing we'll talk about, a learning church. Secondly, the second mark of a church is it's to be a loving church. Christ has called us to be a loving church. And thirdly, we are to be a worshiping church. Okay, let's, let's, let's look at those three things. A learning church, a loving church, and a worshiping church. The first is a learning church. And we see that they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. The teaching of the apostles. We've already said before that Jesus promised that he would build his church on the foundation of the apostles. Uh, their work and their teaching is what the, the life of the local church was built around, as Jesus had called them to do. And their work and their teaching is what we call the New Testament, built on the foundation of the apostles. So the first mark that is listed here that this church was committed to, devoted to, was the teaching and preaching of the apostles. You can look back earlier in chapter 2 and see this wonderful sermon preached by the apostle Peter, where many lives were changed. Uh, Many, many uh, folks were converted through the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, their teaching and their preaching was focused on Jesus and his gospel. And that's what grew the church. It was good news that they, they couldn't get enough of. This early church was devoted to and passionate about listening to the sermons of these apostles. They, they couldn't wait to go to the Sunday school and the temple courts and hear how Peter and James and John would stand up and and make these amazing connections from the Old Testament to now modern day, how Jesus is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the one who has come to save us from our sins. And they couldn't get enough of it. The people were taught about Jesus and his life-saving work. And this, this good news that he died on the cross for their sins. They were soaking it up. They were devoted to it. And so the preaching and the teaching and the letters of the apostles has come to us now as Holy Scripture, which is to be learned and interpreted and applied in order for us to grow and mature in the Lord Jesus Christ. In a moment... Before the Lord's Supper, we will recite the Nicene Creed. And in the creed there, we say that we believe in the apostolic church. Other times during the year, before the Lord's Supper, we recite the Apostles' Creed. And by its very name, we say that this is the teaching, the the core beliefs of the apostles. 
So we're affirming that Jesus has called his apostles to be the authority upon which the church builds its foundation, our core beliefs. And so how do we build this foundation? How do we continue to build upon this work that Christ has started? We learn. We learn. We're to be a learning church. A church that is growing in the faith more and more every day, every week, every month, every year. Constantly learning about Jesus and and God's will for us. And doing that through the 66 books of the Bible that he has given to us to show us how we are to live. How we are to honor and follow God and his commands. And to be pointed to Jesus. Very important to note that the early church was devoted to this. Learning was not something optional. Some of us really dread school. Some of us went to school way too long. Some of you kids are ready for summer. And I get it, math is not as fun as maybe the Bible. (laughs) You know, but learning the Bible, learning the scriptures, knowing more about God is important. It's, it's part of the DNA of being a believer, is that we want to learn and we want to grow. We want to believe that we can't get enough of what God has said to us in his word. So we are constantly learning and growing. This was a, a Bible-centered church. They loved the scriptures. They believed that it was the word of God and it taught them the things of God. The late James Montgomery Boyce said, a spirit-filled church is always going to be a Bible-studying church. A spirit-filled church, a church where you can sense and see that the Holy Spirit of God is, is moving and working in that church is a church that loves and studies the Scriptures. That is where you'll find the presence of God, one that believes the Bible, teaches the Bible, and seeks to follow the Bible. And the proof is in the pudding, isn't it? Because over the last few thousand years, when the church has fallen on hard times, where we have seen churches really, really lose it, where we've seen churches really fall into disarray, where we've seen churches dying, it's when the Bible has been neglected, when the truths of the Scriptures have been forgotten or even ignored. So may God help us, may God help Cornerstone to never be a church that stops learning the truths of the scriptures, that we're always learning, loving, and applying the word of God. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the word of God. May God help us to do so. Secondly, they were a loving church. They were devoted to fellowship, it says there in 242. Fellowship, the Greek word that we find over and over in the New Testament is this word koinonia. They had koinonia fellowship. Uh, This is the word most commonly associated with koinonia is sharing, having things in common. Uh, We have true biblical fellowship together by sharing our lives together as we grow in Jesus Christ. And this is how we show love for one another. A loving church is one that has deep and intimate fellowship with God and with each other. Why is this so essential? The Apostle John, the verse was there at our 
verse for meditation there in your bulletin. He made it clear there in 1 John 1, verse 3. This was his emphasis in his first pastoral letter. He said to the believers, our fellowship is with God and with each other. These are the two important aspects of true Christian fellowship, that we have fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and with each other. It means that we share in the common life of the Trinity, and we share life together with each other. This is what we have in common together. We love God, and we love each other. This is what biblical fellowship looks like. This is one of the chief reasons that we need to come to church week after week. As we gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ, the family of God, to share in Christian fellowship with one another. So that we love one another, encourage one another, and mutually praise and worship our triune God together in true fellowship. But the church does not just enjoy this fellowship on Sunday morning. Church enjoyed some fellowship at the taco bus this past Friday for lunch. Sometimes it meets here on Tuesday morning where women gather together of all ages to study the scripture and to be encouraged. It may have met at the the Smith's house this past week and shared a meal together and prayed for one another. You see, we believe in this fellowship that where Jesus says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be with them. And so we seek this fellowship wherever God's people are gathered together in his name. We need to be devoted to these things. This is what God has intended for his church. This is how the church grows. By loving him, worshiping him together, and being with other brothers and sisters gathered in his name. And so fellowship with God and fellowship with each other, they always go hand in hand. In fact, we could say that the stronger our relationship is with God, the stronger it will be with each other. This is why things like marrying a Christian is important for those of you that are single. Finding a, 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 a wife or a husband whom you be mutually yoked with. You have this commonality, this fellowship of loving God and loving one another. This is why believing in a gathering with believers of all ages is so important. Well, we want to have two-year-olds to 85-year-olds coming together to worship, to encourage one another in life, to point one another to God and to help one another. This Christian fellowship is important. So may God help Cornerstone to be a church that loves one another more and more and more because we're loving God more and more and more. And we're, ha- we're more and more and more devoted to one another, helping one another, praying for one another, caring for one another, serving one another because we have fellowship, koinonia with each other. And I'm so thankful to be a part of a church that is devoted to this. May God help us to continue to be. The the last thing that we'll say that they were devoted to from Acts 2.42 is that they were a worshiping church. They were a worshiping church. They were devoted to the breaking of bread and to prayer. No doubt the early church was sharing meals together like crazy. I'm sure they were having some great barbecue suppers here when they heard the Apostle Paul's teaching on pigs. But... 
here at the heart of Christianity, right? We love to eat together. We love to share meals together. And what a, what a tangible and practical way you can show Christian love by, by taking someone a meal. But I think here we can make a strong biblical case that what is actually being referred to here is the Lord's Supper, uh, communion. The, 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 the meal that the Lord Jesus instituted for his church, the, the meal that the Lord Jesus says, this is going to be a, a way, a, a meal, a, a, a tangible sign, a, a remembrance of how you are the called out ones. You are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ by celebrating what I have done for you. And so this meal was at the heart of their worship. The early church was devoted to the sacraments, to celebrating this meal that Jesus gave to commemorate his work on the cross and to feed his people spiritually. Here we find another reason why gathering together as a local church is so important and being devoted to each other as a a local body is so important because it's the place that the Lord Jesus has ordained that his people would gather to receive and celebrate the sacraments where they are administered by the elders of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and where we are fed with the gospel. They were devoted to these things. And so at the very least, on the second Sunday of every month, we are going to be devoted to this because this is what Jesus has given to his church to help us grow to help us look to him. But their worship had also a strong devotion to prayer. They gathered together to prayer. They were devoted to prayer. This was a a praying church. More than just praying at mealtimes, but as a church, they would gather together and pour out their prayers and petitions to God the Father. I mean, how, how good of news it must have been to all of them to learn that we were all now a kingdom of priests, that we could all intercede for one another before the Father through prayer, that we didn't have to go and have a lamb sacrificed or a a pigeon uh, sacrificed to make prayers, that the people of God would gather together and pray for one another. Some of you have told me that y'all don't want to get added to the dreaded list but this is how we pray for one another. This is how we know. This is how someone can come and ask you, how you doing? How's your mom? How are you holding up with that? You know, I went through the same thing. Or, hey, I didn't know so-and-so was struggling. What's going on? How can I help? This is how we pray for one another. This is how we pour out to the Father, help our brothers and sisters in Christ. May God help us. Cornerstone to be a church that devotes itself to the sacraments and to the prayers of the saints. Because it's an important way that we show our devotion to the Father. And it's an important way that we show ourselves to be the church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the called out ones devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to prayer. All these things that we're talking about. These, these things that are listed here for us in the scripture, these things that we're striving to be, this, is, this model church is, is, what, I, is what, we, what the 
Bible reformers have just called the, the ordinary means of grace, church. And may God help us to be an a, a ordinary means of grace, church. W- what do I mean by that? I mean the things that are important to us, that the things that are important here to the local church, the new church here in Acts is these things like preaching and the sacraments. And and praying for one another and and sharing a meal together, sharing life, building one another up in the the faith through true Christian fellowship. Uh, Coming together as a body of believers devoted to these things of God. Just ordinary stuff. No smoke, no lights, definitely no lasers. Just preaching teaching, prayer. We're going to have Sunday school after this. Real boring, learning the Bible stuff. No, it's not. It's it's life-giving. We want to be devoted to these things because these are the things that God has promised to bless. These are the things we want to be about. An ordinary means of grace, church. That is what I desire for Cornerstone devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayer. And I pray that until Jesus returns, that we will be known as a church that loves his word and models this example that was left for us. Not only celebrating that for five years, let's go for 105 years. Let's build that for generation upon generation upon generation. One of the reasons that we're called to gather together and to fellowship and participate as a local church body, again, as we said before, is to celebrate the sacraments, the Lord's table that is here before us. This table is here to remind us that it's not a private institution that we just celebrate in our backyards or in our homes. It's something that is to be done in the leadership and guidance of Christ's church. And so gathering together to celebrate this meal together is highly appropriate and ordained by the Lord Jesus himself that we'll read about here in 1 Corinthians 11 in a moment. And what a blessing it is that he gave us this meal, that he gave us this way to remember that we have fellowship with him and that we have fellowship with one another. What a blessing it is that we have a a tangible way that we can taste, that we can see, that we can smell, that we can hear from the word that Christ died for our sin, that he has conquered sin and death, and that those who belong to him can never be separated from the love of the Father. And what all the more reason because of that for us to be devoted to these things to celebrate these things. Let us celebrate this meal that Jesus, the the Lamb of God who was sacrificed for us, let us be devoted to these things that he has called us to be. Let's pray. Oh Lord, thank you so much for your word that clearly shows us what You have intended for your church. And Lord, we know that in our own minds and hearts, we're prone to wonder. We are 
prone to think that the local church gathering is not enough. Maybe we need something else. Lord, we're, we're prone to get off this script that Jesus has set for us by his apostles. And so, Lord, when we are like that, would you, would you correct us? Would you discipline us? Would you put us back on the, the narrow way? Lord, help us to love the things that you love. Help us to be devoted to these things that you've called us to be devoted to. Lord, help us to see that these are the ways, the ordinary means of grace that you have ordained to build us up, to strengthen us as a fellowship. Oh, Lord, help us to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.